Hello everybody, you listen to J Movie Talk, episode 131, as I'll be talking Hobo with the Shotgun. someone's wife because you won't even know what was wrong in the first place um maybe you ain't not like me a hobo with a shotgun hey what's up everybody i am back to finish up my rugger hour month appreciation appreciation month excuse me um a little later than what i was planning on doing kind of trying to get this in while i can since i'm kind of getting geared up for a hurricane slash tropical storm so i'm doing this as quickly as possible to upload it um pretty much right after i finish recording it um and everything so it can be up and finished and then go through the whole hurricane thing and then get into everything that I plan on doing for the month of September. Um, so that's why this episode is kind of late and also somewhat kind of sort of rushed in a way. So if I kind of flub up some things and or whatnot, um, I apologize in advance for that. Um, so to round up my Ruggahow appreciation, um, doing Hobo with a Shotgun, uh, 2010's Hobo with a Shotgun, um, and everything like that now the way originally how this even came about hobo with a shotgun was back when robert rodriguez and quentin tarantino was doing the whole grindhouse thing and we they i I can't remember if they had a contest or just something got started where a lot of people decided to make their own um grindhouse fake trailers or whatnot and hobo with a shotgun was one of the ones that got a lot of notoriety now Rugger Howard was not in the original uh, Hobo with a Shotgun trailer, Fox movie trailer or whatnot, um, and everything. And the guy who actually plays the, the original Hobo with a Shotgun, he actually shows up in, in the movie as a angry police officer who ironically has a shotgun um, and everything like that. So that, I thought that was kind of cool. But um, that's kind of how the movie came about um, in a way because it gained a lot of you know, fanfare and people like, oh, I want to see this movie or whatnot. And I actually was one of the ones who wanted to see the movie too. Um, I mean, the 
fake trailer was a lot different than what the movie eventually turned out to be, but it still has the same, you know, feeling of this hobo who basically going around and being a vigilante, being a vigilante with his shotgun and everything. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so before, of course, I actually get into the movie, um, just a quick synopsis of the movie. A homeless vigilante blows away crooked cops, pedophile Santas, and other scumbags with his trusty pump-action shotgun. And in a way, that's kind of basically what the movie is, um, on the surface at least. Um, and of course the cast, we have Rugger Howard as our title character, as the hobo. You never get a real name. Um, Brian Downey as the Drake. Um, Gregory Smith as Slick. Nick... Bateman as Ivan slash Rip plays two different characters here. Molly Dunsworth as Abby. And that's pretty much your main cast. Um and everything. But those are your main main characters that we get in this movie. So um movie is directed by Jason Eisner and like I said, I'm not too familiar with anything that he's done before this. And yeah, I mean he directed uh some something in two thousand five 2005 called the teeth beneath never heard of it he did a short in 2006 the pink velvet halloween burlesque show and then 2007 he does the hobo with a shotgun um short um he does another short in 2008 called treevenge and then 2011 is his first feature on film hobo with a shotgun then also he did uh, a story for the abc's of death in 2012 um, VHS 2 um, went back to doing another short in 2013 One Last Drive he did the TV movie for the Trailer Park Boys live at North Pole um, and then after that he oh well wait a minute um, he actually directed uh, six episodes for Dark Side of the Ring which is a kind of a docu-series about different things that happened with wrestlers um in the past um some which i've actually watched all that i didn't know he directed them so i guess i am a little familiar with some of his stuff um so yeah uh, that's pretty much like what he has up to date and he has some other projects that's currently um in the works and everything so i'm actually a little bit more familiar with some of his stuff than i actually thought i was so i stand corrected um so Getting into the movie, uh, the movie opens up with our title character, Hobo, um, riding in on the train, and he he's coming into town. We don't know exactly. We don't know exactly what town this is. It never gets an actual name, but I'm pretty sure it's in Canada somewhere because it is a Canadian production or whatnot. Um, and he just kind of comes to town. He's kind of adjusting himself to the new town and things of that nature. And seedy the town is and everything like that um with the different things going on he runs into a you know a street fight where the guys basically he's paying bums to you know fight each other and, and do all these different things to each other he actually offers hobo you know money fight hobo just kind of keeps walking and whatnot he sees the the pedophile santa you know actually abduct the kid and no one bats an eye when he does this or whatnot um and like I said, just different things that he sees and it's just, he can't believe it. But the one thing that really catches his and everybody else's eye is when um, this guy, Logan, um, is running around the town handcuffed. Well, 
his hands are tied, I should say, and he has a a, a sewer grate um, around his neck, and he's telling like everyone like pleading for people to you know to help him whatnot, and nobody wants to help because they apparently know exactly what's going on here, except for the hobo. He just kind of stands back, you know, and watches, and then we get this car pulls up, and the slick and Ivan, they show up along with the Drake, and basically it's welcome to the Drake show. And we find out that Logan is actually Drake's brother who I guess basically went against the family some type of way. We never know exactly what it was he did, but he went against the family. And long story short, they basically drop him down in a sewer, in a manhole. Ironically enough, this one didn't have a um, place over it or whatnot. They drop him down in there and they get into the car car and they basically rip his head off and blood spews up and this prostitute or whatever that's with Drake or whatnot she just kind of bathes in the blood and it's very over the top and everything and it's like what the hell is this but it is it, is played for shock value but it's funny all at the same time um so that's basically like how the movie opens um so Hobo has this dream um and the one thing that's kind of driving him to some degree to be a better person that he wants to get enough money to buy a lawnmower so he can start going around cutting people's yards and making money by doing that so he basically wants to own his own business and everything and that is like the one thing that's keeping him going and all he needs is forty nine ninety five. um pretty sure he wasn't factoring in tax there but um i guess he figured if he got enough money to buy this lawnmower he could go around and you know basically start his own business by being a yard man so and the way Rugger Howard kind of plays that and everything just because in the beginning of the movie he really doesn't do a lot of talking it's just more of him kind of observing and and just being a watcher of this you know seedy you know disgusting town in a way um so I do want to talk about Ivan and Slick and they they're interesting characters to some degree um they're very over the top uh very very much over the top and they're like one of the biggest things that's very over the top about this movie is they're overacting i think and i believe i've done on purpose because you, you have to take this movie with a grain of salt you can't you can't take it too too seriously otherwise you'll be sitting there you'd be pissed off at yourself basically so Ivan and Slick, they are basically like, they, they basically throwed out of the 80s, late 70s and early 80s type characters, just this over-the-topness about them, and they just do a lot of crazy stuff, and the, probably the biggest thing that they do is when they literally go to a school bus, and they torch it, and the song Burn Baby Burn plays, and it's just like, there's no way in hell that I don't think they would actually put that in the movie today, even though this movie came out, you know, not even a decade ago. But if if they did that now, I mean, it, that would probably be the one thing from the movie that people would hark on. Oh, my God, they killed kids. They, you know, burned the school bus full of kids. But yet and still, and I kind of have to go here. I mean, we have had all these different mass shootings and, I mean, the whole Sandy Hook school shooting with little kids and everything happened after this um so yeah it, it it's kind of it's a, it's a weird thing but as far as ivan and slick goes um like i say they they're interesting enough and uh slick 
he is the one that kind of gets featured a little bit more than Ivan. Ivan actually disappears um, after an encounter with a uh, hobo and everything. I think he gets kind of burned up. We never see him again. He, he doesn't die, but we never see him again. But the actor comes back later as, as the character of Rip. Now, they don't explain what exactly happened to, to Ivan, but... It, uh, it makes me wonder, okay, is Ivan really like this? And, you know, the the goofy character that we see is just kind of his, uh, I want to call it like the Clark Kent, Clark Kent Superman, you know, type thing. Like, that's what he thinks people actually are. But this Rip character is actually who he really, really is. Maybe. I Kind of, sort of. I don't know. Um, Something else that happens in the movie here is when Hobo saves Abby from basically getting killed by slick um he he was basically going to he kind of seduces her into thinking that because she's a prostitute and kind of thinking that she's um going to have sex with him but actually he was planning on taking her off and murdering her or something but then hobo shows up and, and probably one of the funniest things is that he actually knocks out slick with a bag well with a sock of quarters or whatnot and everything but he saves abby you know from certain death basically and they kind of they kind of have like a weird uh relationship at first but then after hobo is actually um attacked by slick ivan and um and the drake and they actually torture him he finds his way back to abby who ends up taking care of him and and here's where i think the heart of the movie actually is is very grounded on the relationship that hobo and abby have um and everything and speaking of uh, Ab Abby, played by Molly Dunsworth, I think she does a good job here. Now, her, for a fact, I can tell you, I'm not too familiar with anything else that she's done um, and everything. This is the only thing that I have seen her in, at least to my knowledge. Um, or wasn't that, you know, sometimes you, you say you see you haven't seen anybody or something, then you go back and watch it. Oh, they was actually a this, that, and the other um, type of thing. But uh, this is, like, the only thing I know that for a fact that I've seen her in. And I thought she did a good job. She she kind of holds her own, you know, next to, you know, Rucker Howard, you know, who's legendary actor and everything. She She's like the second lead of the film. And the scenes between the two of them are very nice and everything. You can tell that they are trying to get a better life for each other. He's a hobo and she's a prostitute. They kind of, it seems like they fell into the lives that they fell into. But for whatever reason from their past and now they're trying to band together to actually leave and you know and want to start a new life somewhere and everything and of course that all goes to hell um once the drink and you know basically turns everybody in the town against them and against hobos and things goes to hell and handbasket quickly or whatnot but speak but back to molly dunsworth i think she does a really good job in this movie um so hobo uh, he in in a scene where he's basically um in this store he's looking at this lawnmower and it's like like i said that's the one thing that's holding him you know keeping his sanity and everything keeping him from yeah even though he's a hobo but it's keeping his sanity of like he can bounce back by buying this lawnmower to get back to i guess the life that he once had or something like all back on the road to the life that he once had and as he is in there kind of just you know wishing and kind of fantasizing about this um lawnmower 
these three muggers, they come in with these masks on, and they don't even realize Hova is there. They go in, they hold up the place and everything, and they threaten to, to kill the woman and her baby and the, and the owner of the shop. And while they're doing that, Hobo, he looks around, and he sees a shotgun that ironically costs forty nine ninety five as well. So he ends up picking up the shotgun. He takes care of the three, um, you know, three bad guys or whatnot. He pays the uh, guy, and then he leaves. And then we get this kind of montage of him going back around to basically all of the things that he saw when he first got there. Um, and he takes care of them with the shotgun. He finds the Santa who's like perving on some kids in a park. He shoots him dead in his car. He goes back to the guy who's basically videotaping the homeless people because I failed to mention also Hobo had gotten to the point where he needed money so bad that he goes and he actually decides to do all this crazy stuff for this guy on camera, including breaking glass over his head and then eating the glass as well. Or whatnot. So he goes back to that guy. He shoots him and kills him and and everything. Like he goes and kills this uh this pimp uh who is basically beating this girl and everything like this. He kills him. So he he's basically trying to clean up the town. You know, with one shotgun blast at a time. Now, the one thing about this, and here I am kind of overthinking this a little bit. Now he was only able to um buy the shotgun. Where is he getting all these shells from? But then again, I mean, he's only using one one round each time but at the same time too it's like okay you need more than just a couple of rounds so where's he getting all these rounds from with this shotgun but like i said you're not supposed to really think about that but i i do like that whole montage and kind of how things kind of come back full circle where he go back to these you know specific uh things that we saw when he first got to town to you know to help clean up this town so drake who you know who basically runs the place which i find it ironic that his name is drake and it's in canada and it got me thinking about you know drake you know what not the, the rapper or whatnot who is canadian played on degrassi and everything like that and welcome to the drake show even though i don't think drake has ever did a song called welcome welcome to the drake show but it'll be interesting if he did have something called welcome to the drake show but uh anyway i'm getting off topic um so Drake, he decides to send out a message, you know, one, all the homeless people killed just to find the, the hobo, basically. So he, he basically puts out a thing, you know, for everyone to go out and kill all these homeless people. And they literally do these nice people, the good people of the of the city, not not just not just the, the bad people, but the good people. They even like become like a freaking lynch bob in a sense. And they go out and they terrorizing. And there's one scene that. That, that does kind of bother me a little bit is where this one guy he goes to this dumpster he opens up and there's a woman and her child inside and he has a molotov cocktail in, in his hand and he and she's basically pleading with him not to not to you know kill them or whatnot and he throws the thing inside and torches her and her young child in it and he runs off and it's like jesus it's like this is what this is what basically people would do you know just because and it's like you're seeing the true nature of these people in a way even though they're technically good people but at the same time they're so afraid of this one man that they decide to go out and you know torture and kill innocent people for no reason when he's really the one that they should be getting rid of and in the midst of all this um hobo and abby basically have to 
you know, try to hide and get out of Dodge because, you know, he's the one that they're really looking for and everything. And they managed to get back to their place and everything like that. Um, so after, after the crazy encounter with Slick and Ivan, so I'm going back to that. Well, this all happened after, you know, the whole, whole thing with the homeless people or whatnot. And Ivan and Slick, they go to her apartment and they bust in and for some reason Ivan has on he's wearing roller skates and they basically you know get into a big fight and everything and in the process of it Abby gets cut I mean I Slick is basically trying to decapitate her with where he's cutting her at or whatnot but luckily Hobo ends up saving saving her after he takes care of Ivan and who he electrocutes him so bad and like I said he ends up leaving and we never see Ivan again but he does come back later as Rip and I'll talk about that in a minute um but then he, they end up taking Slick hostage in a, in a way and to get out of the apartment to get in the car and Hobo ends up basically shooting his dick off basically and he ends up now this scene was always weird to me it always felt out of place because it made no type of sense at all granted there's a lot of things in this movie that doesn't make sense but this one truly doesn't make sense and where after ivan is shot you know he has a dick shot off and everything he finds himself in a payphone booth and he calls his dad telling him what happened and as he's sitting there that same torched bus school bus it rolls up scorched and everything and then he ends up being pulled inside and the drive the bus drives off with him basically inside screaming for his life and it's like what the hell did this demonic bus come from and what was the supernatural type thing that's happened here i mean it, like i say it was kind of weird i mean maybe he, it's supposed to be that he died and when he died the bus pulls up to take him to hell or something i don't know but it, it, it kind of didn't make sense even though it in a way it does make sense um so after this whole thing happens is where the Drake, he decides to call in the big guns or, or as he referred to them as the plague. And that is a uh, rip and grinder. Um, these two guys essentially that's dressed up in body armor and everything like this. And the actor, Nick Bateman, who played Ivan, he is actually, he's the one who plays rip and everything because i guess he is actually like a martial artist or something like that so we do get some of his karate moves in the film um when he's ivan with the whole roller skates he does do some moves like that but as rip we get to see him like full action and everything like this and they go into a hospital because they're looking for abby and the hobo because they know that she's been taken to the hospital they go in there and they basically you know just go crazy on the uh, medical staff even though this doctor who's in there with a he has a doggone gun what do you need a gun in the hospital for but whatever he he starts shooting at them and then they take care of him and then some of the orderlies and nurses or whatnot they get rid of them you know hanging them from the ceiling and everything and just beat the hell out of them and somehow um they just come in like as the big bads and everything but um these were interesting characters we don't get too much of a backstory about them but what we do get of them is very interesting. I actually would like to have seen more about these two characters, even though we kind of technically don't need to have more about them because they are, it's good that they're kind of kept somewhat of a mystery. But one thing we do notice what we find out later in the movie, when Abby actually kills Grinder, Rip tells, tells them that because she has killed Grinder, she has to now be take his place 
and everything. So it's like, well, I guess when someone kills you, you become the new member of the plague or something like that. And it's like, okay, how, how does that work or whatnot? But the, um, these were very, like I said, they were some interesting characters. Um, Hobo ends up getting taken by the plague um, back to um, back to the Drake and to be killed. And we get this whole like welcome to the Drake show, this whole grand scale thing or whatnot. And there's a bunch of people that's watching and everything. And Drake, he's, you know, kind of hamming it up, putting on a show for everybody. And um, and that's when things kind of go crazy when the police show up. And Abby, she like I say she kills Grinder and get into a whole fight and Drake gets you know, he gets uh mauled and everything like this and Drake finally gets killed after he basically tortures Abby. He forces her arm into a um into a lawnmower uh blade and chops her arm off, chops it all the way down to the bone and but she uses that to actually you know, stab him up and everything, and he tries to crawl away and is bleeding to death. And Hobo ends up killing him, and then Hobo is killed by the police. And is 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 real? Is it, it, it kind of has a sad ending because of the fact that even though he did good, and the police was actually kind of crooked in this too, but he does good. But in the end, he dies. But what he does in the end, it leads the people to actually turn back to being good people at least the good people not the bad people but the good people they actually you know come to their moral senses and everything like that and they actually you know are more on his side because they do turn against the drake and everything even though the police end up shooting hobo dead and everything like that but um you know things the way it ends i mean it it could have had a better ending where maybe the hobo and abby they do leave and have a better life but I guess they decided to go that route and where he dies and because he dies, we don't get hobo with a shotgun part two. Um, thankfully, uh, cause I don't think the movie needed a sequel or anything like that, but, um, I guess the movie, the ending fits for the ending fit for what they were going for with this movie. His, the greater message and everything, his spirit lives on through the people by being a man of the people for the people type of thing if that makes sense um and i'm pretty sure if they want to do something else abby could you know kind of take up the moniker of being the hobo with a shotgun or uh or whatever hooker with a shotgun or so i don't know what they would call it that hopefully they i mean it, like i say it came out years ago they're not going to make another one i think um but you never know so weirder things have been you know brought back here we're getting top gun part two and that's over 30 years 33 years old right so um but anyway uh before i get out of here of course i have to talk about the man himself rucker howard i think he does a good job in this and we get to see a different side of his acting here um and that's kind of one reason the films that i picked to do rucker howard appreciation with they are very much different from each other as far as his characters in them because the hitcher he's a nasty character he's a sadistic you know son of a bitch in the movie and then we get blind fury where he has more of a gentler softer side with some serious action but also some comedic stuff and then with hobo with a shotgun it's it's almost closer to blind fury but we see a very vulnerable vulnerable version of him in this and that's one thing about rugger howard overall is that he could put on these different faces of characters and you 
you either sympathize with him or you root against him. But either way, you're drawn into the performances that he gave in his movies. And that's what made him one of the best actors around just because of that. He could he could sway you either way. Not too many people could do that. I mean, Gary Oldman is probably the first name that comes to mind after Rugger Howard that could do that, that you either root for or against in a movie. And similar to Rugger Howard with Gary Oldman is that I actually like them better when they play bad guys. I like them as good guys, too, but I like them better as bad guys because it seems like they really tap into something and they can, you know, have a little bit more fun with their bad guy roles. Um, So that's pretty much it. That's the end of uh, my Rugger Howard appreciation. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, the episodes that I did for Rugger Howard and even check out some movies of his that you probably haven't seen. Um, not just the ones that I talked about, but probably some of the other ones. Um, if you look through his filmography, because he's done quite a few, a lot of movies um, that are really good. Um, hell, he, he was in a movie with um, Sylvester Stallone called Nighthawk. Uh, so definitely give that a check. You'll check that one out if you haven't seen that one um, and everything came out in the early 80s. Um, so like I said, he has done a lot of movies and his acting overall will be missed and and everything like that. So I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode. Um, like I said, I'll be back for episode 132, which will be, of course, after this whole storm thing passes by and being in the full swing of whatever I'm doing for September um and everything like that thank you guys again for listening to this episode of course you can find all of j movie talk episodes on the tv zone podcast network which is on podbean.com and wherever else you listen to your podcast said just type in tv zone podcast network and everything will come up and give you all of the episodes for movie talk as well as for photo podcast the grand slam podcast of course uh all the tv zone um tv shows that we're covering um, even all the movie editions that we do from time to time. And also just want to make an announcement here as well. There is a new show that will be coming to the network. It is the football show similar into what the Grand Slam podcast is. It's going to be called Third and Now hosted by John Gruber and Moneymaker Chris. So look forward to that to be a part of the network coming soon with the NFL season coming back. So just want to give those guys a shout out and look forward to what to, to what they will be doing um, in the future with that show. Um, I look forward to hearing what they do with the football show and everything. Um, just a quick couple of shout outs here. Just want to give a shout out to um, uh, the guys over at the Blood and Rum podcast, Ryan and Martin. Always enjoy listening to you guys and maybe can have you guys back on to do a, a takeover for me at some point uh maybe in october gotta hit them up about that i'm kind of breaking news here on the podcast but haven't said nothing to them yet about it but uh yeah i uh, just want to give them a shout out also to uh give a girl give the girls over at the final final girls podcast a shout out they just reviewed um the nightmare on elm street series which i enjoyed listening to them talk about those movies since i did that way back when as well so i wanted to hear it's always good to hear like other podcasters talk about that um and everything and also to give a shout out to jd from the wrestle bread podcast she made her return um after being out for a while uh dealing with personal issues so welcome back jd to the podcasting world glad to have you back on and talking you know wrestling and everything like that um and everything so definitely Give her a listen if you haven't checked out her podcast. 
and just want to thank you guys again for listening i know i've said it about three times now thank you guys again so that's four um for listening to this episode of course you can find me on twitter at jmovietalk as well as on instagram at jmt podcast and i will catch you guys later peace